And so that's what all I want to do. I just want to live. And I, I'm not going to live my life um, on money's time. Not me. Hey there, and thanks for listening to Blocks of Art, a podcast about a kid that talks to other, much more talented kids. I'm your host, Kevin Galvez, and this week, Chloe Nunez is talking to us about being vulnerable, the human desire for happiness, and just having a little faith. I was rolling around in my mind, it occurred. What if God was to her? Would I treat her the same? Would I still be running down? I want to say peace to everyone. Um, my name is Chloe Nunez, but I go by E. And um, I am currently a student at Barnard College at Columbia. Um, I'm studying education because one of my biggest passions next to art is teaching. So that's actually what I'm doing right now. I'm just studying and um, I work for a company called Jumpstart and I'm a teacher for preschool kids teaching literacy, but always, always on the side um, since forever I've been a visual artist and I'm primarily an oil painter. But I do a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> That's just who I am. Education. And you said right now you're teaching preschool kids? Mm-hmm. I totally see that. That makes so yeah. much sense. <laughs> that absolutely makes so much sense. Yay. I bet the kids love you, right? They love me. Yeah. And I love them, honestly. I've had a, I've had a really... I'm just very happy I can make a difference because the children need it. They need it really badly. So that's, that's one of my... One of the things I love to do. So what is it about being a teacher that speaks to you? Because, I mean, you could be, like, doctors make a difference, firefighters right, make a difference. Right, right, right. Um, well, well, I went into school. I went to Columbia thinking that I was going to study art therapy. Remember that? I thought I was going to do art therapy. And, um, and then I got there, and I was doing psychology, and I was doing all that stuff. And I was like, wait a second. I don't really, this doesn't really... No, and then, and then I just had to get a job, and so I got a work study job with Jumpstart. Um, but before that, like in senior year, in my senior year of high school, I was part of the I School Five, the Tech Team I School Five, um, and so that's when I really first got my first like little bouts of teaching experience because we would go, um, we would go up and teach in Poughkeepsie to the 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 children at Poughkeepsie, and we would teach them physical computing and stuff, and they loved it. And what I realized about myself was that I was really good at it. I was like, hold on, I'm really good at this. The kids like like me. I I know how to make it fun, and I know how to communicate with them. So that was like a skill that I went into college knowing that I had. And when I started Jumpstart, it was like the it was just it was so awesome because I was able to stay like full days with the kids and see like the progression of the day and situate myself with that routine and then I just like I really just fell in love with it I fell in love with the children and I um and where Jumpstart is like concentrated in low-income neighborhoods um for primarily black and latino students who are starting behind and staying behind so it's like it's almost like the whole package entices me really but um I just like the fact that I can because I wanted to go into education reform too, and I was like, maybe I can make a difference in this whole system because it's it's blatantly racist and prejudiced against you know people of color. So I was gonna do political science, and then I was like, this is so overwhelming for me. I would rather make a difference in the classroom, like hands on with the children that I know I'm gonna touch, you know, directly one on one, instead of just trying to do a top down approach, which I know. Well, for me, it won't work, you know. So that's really what I just want to be in a classroom and I want to be able to pass on whatever knowledge I have and make sure that the kids are getting what they need and, you know, getting the knowledge that they need to be good people, not just good students. 
So why the shift from art therapy to education? Because, I mean, you would still get the same goal within art right. therapy, right? And it seems more in your wheelhouse. I don't doubt your ability mm-hmm. as a professor, but, you know, you do oil paints on the side. So. Yeah, I do. And, and art therapy... Um, I think what really just turned me off was the fact that I would um, that I would have to like um, the majority of my studies would have to be focused in psychology, obviously, and it just like psychology as a class is very interesting to me. And to be honest, I am good at it, but I I just don't see myself being able to. That's just it. Just didn't feel it was not motivating, and I was like, I don't really want to go to psychology right now. I'd rather just stay here. And then I was like, well, that doesn't. That's not good. That doesn't mean that means you're not going to want to go for the rest of the years if you if you don't want to go now. So I just realized that it was just not what I wanted to be learning about per se. And I feel like but so I feel like art therapy can can it can exist within like my like within my teaching abilities, I think. Like I feel like the students will will learn. Well, I want to I want to teach them a creative way of looking at the world and solving problems, you know? So it's really just, there's a lot of things. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a whole mess. There's, there's so, so many much. things to say. Like, yeah, okay, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm right there with you. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. So yeah. even navigating possible career paths, right? It, it's tough, but now you, you seem like you have really good options set for you. Was there any point where you had, like, absolute doubt, like, what am I going to do with my life? Well, yeah. So, actually, my parents... Um, yeah, I'm going to mention you, Mom and Dad. My parents, this year, were very disappointed. And over the summer, were very disappointed that I um, chose to be a teacher. That I, that was what I was going to do. They were like, well, you're going to Columbia, so why are you not going to be a doctor? Why wouldn't you pursue law or medicine, which is what people go to Columbia for, quote-unquote. And... So they were they were really really um, upset at me about that, and they still are. That was probably a time where I was doubting the most. You know, like, am I really making the right decision? Because they were trying to get inside my head and tell me like, like if you if you're gonna be a teacher, then you're you could do that at any community college like that. And if that's the case, then why are you even going to Columbia? Like, why are you? Why aren't you? It was just a whole bunch of bullshit, man. Mm-hmm. And so that was um, that was probably the only time where I was like, well, maybe I should do what my parents are telling me. And then my soul was just like, no, like no, that they, they want you to do something because it was their vision of who you were, who you would grow up to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, that was probably the only thing that made me doubt myself. But other than that, I know teaching is like it comes so natural to me and I know it's what I was meant to do as well as paint you know so that was really the only time mm-hmm. you know and like with everything there are always voices uh, critique and maybe doubt what are some of what have been some of the loudest in support maybe of you following in support um, my boss <laughs> my boss at Jumpstart um, I always get really good reviews but she's also a good friend of mine and like you know, she, my, my teaching professors, and I think anybody who really knows me will tell me, like, just like you said, wow, I could really see you doing that, or, oh, you look like a teacher, whatever, whatever, so, um, and my sisters really support what I'm doing as well, and, you know, like, my grandmother, and people, people who know, who know me and know what I like, understand that that's really where I'm meant to be, and then people who kind of, like, don't really want to see who I am, like, my parents, who don't, can't see me in there but it's fine i forgive them <laughs> and uh you know you brought up your sisters uh how old are they? they're younger right? yeah i have yeah. three younger sisters i'm the oldest 
So how do you go about helping them? I'm sure you give them infinite life lessons. And stuff. <laughs> so what are some of the standouts that you've given them? Um, number one, and this goes to all the young girls listening too, uh, what, what I will always try to teach my sisters first and foremost is to take care of their bodies and their spirits, number one, before anything. Because, um, you know, we all know it's a lot of bullshit that we're eating. Um, in this country and we and we all know the lies that they're feeding us in our food and and, in the media and everywhere so what I really try to stress to my sisters is that what you're putting in your body is is really affecting you and it affects women a little bit more than it does men because we have the womb to worry about so that's really my first line of focus with young girls and especially my sisters is to take care of your body and your temple and um and that's what I'm I'm on the path to womb wellness, so I'm trying to pass that on to my sisters. And really, I just want them to be free, and I want them to be able to make their own decisions, uninfluenced by, you know, my parents or whoever, any man or any anybody, you know? Just, that's what I would really like, like them to carry on, no matter what. Whatever they want to be, they can be. You know, they don't want to be a teacher, they're not artistic, it's fine. I just want them to take care of themselves. So, yeah. And, you know, something that always stuck out to me was how vocal you are on social and political problems. Do you do that through your art? Is your art more, I'm going to make myself happy, or does it have a purpose behind it? Um, so my art is not very political, actually, which is, um, yeah, it might be it might be surprising because I am a, a political person, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. But, um, but my art is just for me. My art now is mostly comprised of self-portraits that I do. Um, yeah, literally 99% of my stuff now is um, paintings of me. And, um, and I think that's just because I, I'm, since I left high school really and went to college, I just went through a lot of changes. And I mean, who doesn't? Like, you know, you're changing every single day, every moment. But my college experience in my first year really um, propelled me to focus on myself more and focus on what kind of growth is happening within me and where which way I want to steer the direction of this growth so so I just started painting myself I started painting my drawing myself and drawing my emotions and like drawing the way I felt the way I perceived myself and my body and like it started out really sad because I was in a dark place and then it you know progressively got better and so I think that like the best thing about just painting myself and having my art be more a personal thing is the fact that I can look back on a body of work or you know I can look back on a collection of work that I've comprised over like three years two years and see how much I've grown through it. Like see how much the inter- interpretations of myself have changed through the way I've drawn myself or like, you know, like just little things, the details change. And so I would draw myself um, like crying or I would draw myself just little little things. Like one time I did a portrait of myself in a flower pot and um, there was like a little note on the flower pot and it said water every day. Um, and give a lot of attention to and it was me in the flower pot growing like a like a plant Um, but I think that one really stands out to me and I'll always remember it because um, that was just a time in my life where I felt like I needed so much attention and I wasn't giving myself enough love so I was seeking it from other people and it was making me sick inside and um, we've all been there and we've all done that and maybe we haven't or maybe we're in denial but it happens And um, that was something that I was struggling with for a long time and I made a lot of art about not feeling good enough and feeling like I needed other people to stand tall. And now, 
Um, if you just look at something like that that I did and now look at my art my, myself now where I just did a, a painting of me, like three different me's in like a forest with mud all over myself, with like all of my animals running wild with me. It's just like, it really does represent a shift, at least to me, where it's like now I'm creating my own world and I'm living in it proudly by myself with no one else. And before <clears throat> I was just like kind of like decrepit and <laughs> sad. It teaches me about myself, really, because, you know, it's just, it's a really cool way to look at my progression as a person. So that's what my art is about. It's not necessarily, I think my voice is powerful enough to, to, um, to translate, like, my political views, so I feel like my art is something that I keep to myself. Um, it's my vulnerability, and I also like to share it with others because it, it is my vulnerability, so it um, hopefully will inspire others to be more accepting of themselves and and all of their facets and their growth and their darkness and everything why does it shape why is it so influential to you um it's very influential it's it's so okay art is so important to me for a number of reasons number one like just as a personal fact it makes me feel like the most calm I've ever like I I will ever feel there's nothing even when I'm smoking pot like w drawing is just different drawing or painting is different it, it takes my mind completely off of everything else and it allows me to just focus on this specific color that I want this one color and it just it it's such a great way to meditate because you don't have to be sitting with your back straight for hours to meditate without saying anything you can meditate throughout whatever you're doing as long as you're being mindful and and focusing on that one thing so painting has really like um become a meditative practice for me and um i think that is just a metaphor for why for the rest of the reason why i love art is because it can be used for so it, it is healing art is healing and so when I implement that idea to like my in my work, for example, with my students, when they're drawing and they draw stuff, they draw me things or they draw things of themselves. It it's so awesome because we'll be coloring and like it, it's weird when you're talking to a kid one on one and you're not doing anything. But when you guys are coloring, it's more like it's like I feel like their minds flow better. They're just like, yeah, so I was doing this the other day. And you're just like conversing um and art can just be used in such a multitude of ways and i feel like we're we're really downplaying we're really downplaying its potential as a tool like as a vital tool that could help us socially and and it could just help us in so many ways man but you know people see it only as a visual thing and like mm -hmm. only as an emotional thing and something that's private but doesn't really have that much value to like um to the masses mm -hmm. but the fact is that art is not just visual or it's not even just your music it's not the song it's the it's you know the fact that all human beings it's the fact that human beings no matter what we have the we have the what am i trying to say the need but yeah we have the need to express a message, no matter what it is, you know, we always want to tell somebody something else. We want to teach someone something else, even if we don't know it. And that's why, you know, people will always be, you know, trying to teach you something, trying to talk just to hear themselves talk, because we're all just trying to say, we're all just trying to say, hey, I love you. And I just want you to understand this. Like, I just want you to just listen to this. So people do that in the form of art. And it's not really, to me, it's not 
the painting or the the song is not the point no matter how beautiful it is it's the point that like everybody can get to the same brink of like this same point where they're like okay I'm gonna create something and I'm gonna share it and you're sharing a part of yourself and and how often do we do that yeah. and you know you've talked about how important it is to you and I mean you still had it put up you've had exhibitions right you've had uh, showings and galleries how's that been for you um, it's definitely a high I love it I love showing my work but um, I've become more selective about where I show it now just because it's become such a private thing um, it's come become uh, a very personal thing rather and so sometimes even in the art community underground art community I'm right in there and know everybody but sometimes people will throw art shows and people will come um, the crowd and the audience will come just to drink and smoke weed and dance and have a great time and then leave and so that's why I started to become, you know, I started to reserve where I show my work because you really have to make sure that the crowd you're you're showing it to is appreciative of it, and um, and is there really to to um, you know observe it and take it in and leave you know leave with your mind changed a little bit or speak to me about it you know like. Um, ask me to say something about it. I don't want to just come and show my work and have it be in the back somewhere while people just get fucked up and like don't even acknowledge it, you know? So that's kind of like, that's just an example about how art is misunderstood as well because it's it's also used as an excuse to party and we have to be serious about the messages that we want to spread. And although my art is not political, a lot of my brothers and sisters in the art community are making really political art that needs to be heard and deserves to be spoken about and we we should be having meetings about this and having real artist talks you know um so it's really just i love to show my work i think it's great it makes me feel great about myself obviously um but i just want to get more i want to get more serious about it in general more serious about showing at places or having my own exhibitions where i can you know relay what i want to and overall, what would you say the mentality is in maybe kids our age about art? I think we are a creative bunch, man. <laughs> I think our generation <laughs> is fucking brilliant. And a lot of people will, um, yeah, many people will say this generation is filled with selfish people and um, kids who don't know any better and we just, you know, fucking shit up and using the internet. And that is true, but... <laughs> That's so true. But every other generation has had the same fuck-ups. Like, that's something I've really been pondering a lot is, like, the universal consciousness that is kind of recycled because our generations are making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Um, and we're making, like, very small advances toward fixing those things, but we're still recycling, like, the same thoughts and the same, you know... We love art. We've always loved art. And I think everybody's always loved art. It's not just our generation. Like, fuck that. It's everybody has always loved art. It's always come natural to us since cave days. But I think once you reach a certain age, when you're like 18, 19, 20, and your parents and everybody around you is like, what do you want to do? That's when art really gets put on the back burner because you're like, well, this doesn't fit in because Western Babylonian civilization. <laughs> Babylon. So... <laughs> The, our our society doesn't have a place for art, sadly. So that's why the like the whole, the you know, the romance that surrounds it 
when you're young is lost because the adults don't value it as much as they should. And you have to come to form. See, and now, is it more a thing about the adults or is it that, you know, personally growing up, I realized like being happy obviously is a, a primary need. You should do everything you want to and you can mm-hmm. to do that. But mm-hmm. like really, you got to keep the lights on. You got to put food mm-hmm. on the table. You got to get the gas and mm-hmm. the water running. How is it that you personally, you know, keep doing that? I'm so happy you asked me that question, Kevin. Um, you just have to believe. For me, this is it. Nobody has to take my advice. But for me, yes, we have, we have to keep the lights on and we have to make sure there's food in our bellies and we have to make sure that we are happy internally. And that entails... For us in America, that entails going to school if you want to get to if you want to get a good quote unquote good job, um, and getting a job and participating in this routine that we're all doing together. We're all in this routine together, nine to five. But, um, but you really have to. For me, it's a question of how, like how, how much are you sacrificing then in this routine in America for your happiness? You're sacrificing so much time number one you're sa- that and that's really the only thing you're sacrificing which is the most important thing you're sacrificing your time and you're throwing away your time to someone else so that you can work 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 so you can get money to stay right where you are you're working to to stay stagnant you know what i mean and in a society that's built built on money run by money and money will ultimately be our demise mark our mark my words you, I, I really found a way to um, step out of that, that mentality and just think to myself, okay, I'm probably going to be broke because I'm going to be a teacher. Definitely going to be broke. Um, definitely going to be broke from making paint, paintings no matter what. Um, un- unless, you know, a new renaissance starts. But other than that, I'm going to struggle. And I'm perfectly okay with that. You know why? Because... I'm not going to be throwing, in my opinion, I'm not going to be throwing away my time to someone who doesn't really care about me. I am a number in this system who's just making money for someone else, and I'm keeping a small cent of that for myself. So I'd rather take my chances and see where life takes me, and I, I think everybody should do the same thing because it's like, it's like if you have the whole world at your fingertips, why would you just stay in America and submit yourself to this life and, like, I, I'm gonna leave. I'm leaving. I'm giving myself seven years before I leave this country, and that's what I'm gonna do. And I'm just gonna. You just have to have faith. You have to have faith that money is not what's gonna make you happy, and money is not gonna propel you through your life. Like, and even if you're a millionaire, it might propel you, but it's not gonna make you happy, brother. Like, let me tell you the truth. It won't. I've never had money in my life, and I know that I don't need it. Um, I don't need it. And that's just the way people think I'm crazy. <laughs> people think I'm crazy, but I know I I don't think I need it. I know I don't need it, man. I know I don't. I know I can go to a different country, and you can rely on people's good faith. And people do think I'm crazy, but you can, and it's worked out. It it gets you where you want to go, and you just have to believe that your ancestors are with you, and that no matter what, everything's gonna be fucking fine. You go, you're broke. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be perfectly fine you just have to believe if you're stressed out and you're anxious about it you're going to bring a lot of negative stuff your way it's all about the mindset it's all about the way you look at the world you know and that's definitely a more spiritual and positive approach than i'm used to hearing this i've asked this question like a million times but 
have you seen examples of people that have done that successfully? You see them happy in their daily life and um what do you mean people who just lived off the grid? <laughs> yeah, or... I guess like for you to say that this exists, you've got to see have seen like examples of it. Right? Well, well yeah, and it's not to say it's not to say that no, that I'm not going to get sad or I'm not going to get stressed out or I'm not going to become ang- anxious, which I will. Mm-hmm. But um I think the people who I've come in contact with, my friends, um, really the people from the underground, we all share the same sentiment, and it's it was just lovely when I met these people. It was like, wow, I've come into contact with these people who know we're all struggling together, and we're all artists, and we all just want to get a message out, and we're you know we're trying to stand strong against a system that's trying to crush us down, yada yada yada. Um, but everybody had, you know, the energy, like the, the, the positive outlook, but not even so much as positive because you can be negative too, but it's just like the belief that everything's going to be okay because it is, because <laughs> it is. Think of a time back when you thought it wasn't going to be okay and it was because it turned out to be fine because the universe has your back. The universe and your ancestors have your back and that's just the way I see it. It's the way my friends, my brothers and sisters see it. And um, and I think and I think just having faith in the universe and nature and, and Mother Earth and everything around you um, that exists because you exist and you exist because that because Mother Earth and the universe exists, you know. That's really I think isn't isn't that like well exemplified by tribes, indigenous tribes? Like, isn't that exemplified by people who, by the little kids in India who have nothing but are so happy, you know, because they just, they have, they're just living their life. They're being present. They're being meditative and, and mindful. And that's all that life really requires of them is just to, to live. And so that's what all I want to do. I just want to live. And I, I'm not going to live my life, um, on Mm. money's time. Not me. And to that goal, you said your art right now is more, a lot of self-portraits, right? Something about, you know, I feel like a constant thing is self-doubt, not knowing whether it's okay to put yourself out there mm-hmm. actually, you know, literally portray yourself in this piece of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about that's, you know, empowering to the self. Those are important main ideas of, yes. you know, feminism. That's, so yes. <laughs> to say whether you're doing it on purpose. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, yes, it's on purpose. Definitely. Um, but sometimes it's just the way that I like my self portraits. I'm always naked because that's just the way that I see myself. Like I, um, you know, I wear clothes, but when I paint myself, I'm always naked because it's just like, it's our natural state, man. And I don't think it it could be a feminist. Um, it could be a feminist statement that I'm making that women's bodies should be accepted and, um, beholded just, you know, be held, be held with the same, you know, with just like an indifference, the same indifference that we look upon a a naked male body with. But um, that's not, is that the reason why I make myself naked? No, it's just because I feel more comfortable that way. And it's like, it's my true self. It's who I am. Um, I'll share. I I like to be as vulnerable as I can with my work because that's really what helps me tap in to um, my subconscious and even my unconscious um, feelings and, and my little voices and everything. So um, so my work could be interpreted as feminist, and, and it is. like it, It's whatever you want it to be, really. It's whatever you want it to be. But for me, it's just me. 
and it's just how I'm feeling and and that's really all it is and it speaks to people in different ways and I'm really grateful for that and that's the beautiful thing about art is that it's up for interpretation no matter what and I'm sure people have said that like 4,000 times (laughs) tying in all of these kind of otherworldly and spiritual concepts it's got to be tough to wrap your mind around right so how do you explain that to people what's the most difficult part of that explaining like spirituality my spirituality yeah um the most difficult part about that's a good question because it's hard to explain to your parents <laughs> it's really hard to explain to your parents that you that money is not the driving force in your life and that you're prepared to struggle because you know parents just want the best for you so they're gonna um try to push you in the direction of what they think is best and and spirituality or whatever you want to call it um it doesn't sit well with them with my parents at least because they um they're they're very physical people they think in very physical terms um in this physical realm and this like very three-dimensional and i'm trying to like i'm trying to ascend my nigga i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to like you know and um it's hard to explain to them but i've kind of given up for now i'm going to give them a few years before i try again but i've given up for now on them but um it's kind of something that has also it makes me shy about well it did make me shy now i don't give a fuck yeah i i respect that personally you know from my background first generation low-income kid i feel like i have this responsibility Mm -hmm. i of course do everything that makes me happy and that's the ultimate goal right Mm -hmm. but i've had problems coping with that responsibility how do i bear it Mm -hmm. you know what are the pressures you feel um well i grew up um broke and homeless um for like a lot of my life um a lot of my life almost all of my life and so the responsibility when i when i um you know could go to school was that i was going to get a high paying job i was going to study to get a high paying job so that i could make my parents proud of me and so i would never have to deal with what i dealt with as a child right so that was the responsibility and also as a first generation child as well um you have this responsibility and that's actually what i wrote my college essay about is that my parents have paved the way here for me and it's almost like since they were immigrants it's like now you're here in america and you have all this opportunity so you better make the most out of it um and it's just kind of like times change man and um my parents have really like i'm so grateful to them especially my mom for doing everything they have for me um but the responsibility that I have as a quote-unquote first-generation American or um, or just as like the oldest sister or as um, a black girl or whatever you know like the responsibility I have it weighed down on me heavy my first year of school let me tell you I was like an anxious mess and I was so upset that I, I was like what the fuck am I doing in college I don't know what I'm doing here and, and I don't even want to be here but I think um, I just kind of abandoned those, uh, those responsibilities because they're, they're societal, I think. And it's like, whatever you want to do with yourself, you do it. Your family, your family comes first, but it's just make sure you're doing what makes you happy and not living up to this responsibility you have because your parents were immigrants or because of the color of your skin or whatever the case may be. You know, the impact of the influence that your parents have had on you mm-hmm. really important. What would you think is one of the 
most important things you've gotten from your relationship with your parents? My mom. My mama. My mom has changed a lot over the years. She's become more of a traditional woman through the influence of my father. However, when I was little, she was an incredibly revolutionary person, and that's why I am the way I am. Um, When I was, like, in fifth grade, fourth grade, um, that was when Bush, the Bush administration and the Darfur genocide and all that stuff was happening. And I remember that it was happening during that time because my mom told us about it. And my mom would dress us in Che Guevara shirts um, and she would make us t-shirts with Sharpie that said Buck Bush on them. And she would send us to school and then, and my teachers would be like, who the hell, why are you wearing that shirt? I would be like, my mom made it. And do you know what Bush is doing? And do you know about Niger? And do you know this? And, and my mom would like, she was the one who really, um, she like sparked that fire that I have in me that's always taught, she's always taught me to question authority, to question the system that we live under. And she's always um, told me the truth about um, the American government and um, systematic oppression and racism. She's always taught me all of that shit. Um, So she probably, my mother is my biggest role model and um, I will forever be grateful to her. She got me into all the schools that I, she got me into Columbia. She helped me through the whole thing. And, and a lot of people can't say that about their mothers because maybe they don't speak English. I'm blessed that my mother speaks English and she was able to help me as much as she did, man. Um, she's not the same anymore, but I still she's still my biggest role model because she really... she she I am her. I am her. Her younger self. And um, she thinks it's just a phase now, but I know that this is who I am. So she's going to learn it. She's going to be proud of me. In knowing that, what do you think are some of the things you're going to pass on to those that follow you? Um, like my children? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say cool. some kids yeah, don't want to have no, kids. I wanna but, have, yeah, I'm going to have so many kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have many kids. And hopefully, I just want, um, for my children, really, the number one thing that I want for them is to be free. Um, I'm not going to have them in this country, you know, but wherever they want to go, once I'm done rearing them, they can go. They want to come back to America, they can fucking come back. Go do whatever you want. I want my children to be free and know that I'm going to support them no matter where they're going. And I just want them to have good hearts and know how to take care of themselves. And, you know, I just want them to explore and experience on their own, you know, because that's what I think life is about is just freedom and, and living as you are as an animal who um, who has such a gift of consciousness that you can interact with other people and create things and, and you know and question so it's just it's just about living and being present and that's really just what I want to tell everybody to try to do and I want to teach my children to do the same thing treat others the way you want to be treated that has never cease to be true and be the light all right well uh that's that thank you guys for everything thank you for listening through all the different interviews this season and you know honestly i hope you got something out of them thank you to all the guests that so willingly like took took time out of their days to come be interviewed um, and just fantastic, interesting, and wonderful people, all of them. Thank you to my really good friend and like executive producer, <laughs> um, Ethan. Thank you so much. 
um, you've put in so much work into this. So thank you that to everyone that helped me with that. I think I think that's it. It's man, I've had a lot of fun doing this. Um, it's really uh, I forget how I started up with the idea, but um, it's given me something creatively to focus on. Uh, which, funny enough, <laughs> is all we talk about, but, you know, through talking about it, I guess that's that's how I've found um, kind of like what I, I like doing. Uh, this will be the last one for me for a while, so I very sincerely wish you the best in all of whatever it is that you're doing. Um, you know, tests, midterms, uh, like uh, mortgages, retirement, I don't know, whatever it is. Just take a minute for yourself and remember why it is that you do what you do. I'm born.